G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast of course. Lots to talk about, some big news again today for the Crows. So without any further ado, let's just crack straight in shall we? Good evening everyone and welcome to Tuesday Night Live this Tuesday the 28th of September 2021 the first Tuesday Night Live of the off-season of course with the grand final run and one on the weekend and joining me as always on a Tuesday night is the inimitable Peter J. How are you going Peter? Very well mate, yourself? Pretty good thank you. What's going on mate? There is, there is. It's been uh, another another pretty big day uh, for us so we're very, very happy to hear that news about Darren Burgess. That's a really, really big, I, I really don't want to sound silly about it, but it'd be one of the biggest signings we've had in many, many years, I think, to be honest. What happened last time we had an international standard fitness coach, Pete? <laughs> when was that? Oh, that's uh, right, yes. It was uh, way back in uh, in those heady uh, mid to late 90 days, wasn't it? Yeah, a couple of premierships. The last, although Nick Poulos did all right, I don't think fitness was our issue when Nick was on board, and he had the uh, he had the crowbots running pretty well, and uh, it was probably more just a case of a bit of uh, a bit of snow and a bit of bad luck <laughs> cost, cost us a couple <laughs> during his tenure. But uh, Craigie uh, widely regarded as uh, one of the major factors in our ninety seven ninety eight victory. So. It is a massive get, uh, getting uh, Darren into the club. Uh, really good. He's already, by all reports, issued out uh, instructions for pre-pre-season for the boys, a bit of a program before they rock back up. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, we, we're straight into it tonight, but uh, there's a couple of players that you think are going to benefit substantially from having him on board, I would have thought. Oh, absolutely, and and I mean, not least of which would be our so next generation, sorry, next generation midfielders of you know Harry and yep. Harry Schonberg and Luke Pedler and you know those guys, Braden Cook, those those younger guys. I think that um, I mean, I think you know it's probably easy to look at at Darcy, <coughs> excuse me, Darcy Fogarty, and say, yep, he will benefit. But I think really the guys that will benefit are other midfielders, those young guys coming through that we're looking to uh, take ownership of the midfield. Um, they'll benefit greatly, and it was interesting after the granny to, you know, hear the tribute paid to Burgess by some of the uh, some of the midfielders at Melbourne. Yeah, they didn't um, miss. They didn't miss. They, they, all, they didn't uh... miss at all. They, they all acknowledged him, and yeah. he's a he's a he's a guru. There's no question about that. And it is a it, you know it's exciting. It's a it's a big signing, and wherever he goes, you know, success generally follows. And so I think it just. You know, it's a thing, same as with Dawson, it just sends messages, you know, that there are people within the four walls that that believe that we're heading in the right direction. So I think it's really, really positive for the football club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, and it just continues a succession of positive appointments, you know. Uh, 
We weren't sure about Matty Nix when he came on board, but I think most people would agree that he's done a stellar job uh, with the young lads. Um, you know, we've uh, replaced Robbie Chapman with uh, Johnny Olsen, and John seems to be very proactive in promoting the club and making deals and getting things happening. Tim Silvers, of course, comes with a massive uh, uh, stint at Hawthorne in various roles uh, and highly regarded. Uh, Adam Kelly did well with the... Sample before coming across, you know, um, uh, our, our coaching panel now with Scotty Burns and uh, Nathan Van Burlow and uh, James Raleigh and, uh, uh, you know, Matty Clark. It, there's a lot of experience there now, a lot of uh, experience at other clubs. And uh, mm. now, to, now to bring Darren on board as well uh, to look yeah, after the fitness feels like department. We're being, feels like we're being run by football people doesn't it? Well, and, it actually um, feels like we're serious, Pete, doesn't it? And, it? and it feels like that we're worrying about, and what I really like about uh, John Olsen is that he's just he's cleaning house and he's pulling the plug on all of these little other side endeavours and um, his, uh, his fo- as he came, when he came on board, he said even his sole focus was going to be football. We're back yep. on brand. Yep. So that's really, really good. Yep. Really promising. Look, it is. Um, I made a, a, a quip on Big Footy this evening that, uh, you know, they spent a fortune on Dunstall and Pav to uh, come in and consult and tell them to clean out. And all they needed to do was listen to us for 12 months, Peter, and <laughs> save themselves a ton of money. <laughs> oh, look, if they don't just tuned in, it would have been, um, yeah, would have been easy. But, yeah, no, I really, really like what we're doing. And you know uh, we copped a bit for being so negative back then, but I think not that we've not that I feel vindicated as such. But what I do feel is that pretty much everything that I wanted to happen personally at the club to change it around has happened, and I think a lot of our listeners would agree that um, just about every change that's been instigated by the club since uh, hitting the bottom of the barrel um, has been really positive. And, you know, not all decisions work out, but I think that the tone and the, the motivations and the, the desired outcomes are very positive. Uh, and it's all focused on football success, which is what we've been crying out for, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and look, you know, not here to pump up our tyres, but um, we did go through a period there uh, where, as a podcast, we, you know, we copped quite a bit um, yep. and there's probably you know we've got, we've got some uh, certainly some rusted on um, great listeners that have been with us right since the start but we would have a lot of new uh, new people as well and you know during that period um, you, you know you, you and I were we were both really really down and negative yep. on the club and we used to cop it from from listeners as well and yeah on and on Twitter uh, <laughs> I got smashed on Twitter oh, a few times we, we get smashed and you know I think that this year I've been you know it's Certainly on this podcast, I've tried to be as positive as I can every week. And I think you have as well. And I think that, you know, um, as as thinking, you know, we, we all love the, the, you know, the club. Otherwise, we wouldn't bother doing this, would we? It's not like, yeah, it's not like I'm true. on, you know, 2.5 a year to, to come and talk here. Yeah. Um, so we do oh, it because we love sorry, the club. Sorry, mate. We'll have to renegotiate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that if you're, if you're you know, if, if you want the best for your, for your football club and you and you, and you think critically about and what we've always tried to do i think is to think critically and offer a podcast that does think critically then you you could see and i reckon you know i'm just going to segue into a couple of you know things that have happened over the last couple of months with player exits 
Yeah. And I see that Tom, Tom Lynch gave us another whack. Um, another player leaving. Reportedly. Do we, do we have Reportedly. a quote from Tom or was that just kind of scuttlebutt? Well, I don't. I, I, I reckon if it was just scuttlebutt, Fiend, I reckon Tom Lynch would be the kind of bloke that probably would have wanted to clarify that. And yeah, he probably. Hasn't. Yeah, He's just true. let that flow. And, you know, you know, back in back in 2016 and early 2017, you know, during those seasons, we used to bang on endlessly about what we thought was some some real cracks in, in, in the character of the group. Yeah. We used to talk about it all the time. Yeah. And I just yeah, reckon it's just, it's just with the way that the senior players have behaved in the last couple of years, I reckon it's really played out that there was a real culture of entitlement. Yeah. Um, look, and, you know... I, to counter counter that, I guess um, every player that I've talked to um, holds Lynchy in really high regard, and that's what made yep. me prick up my ears when that was reportedly uh, said, or that was his sentiment. Uh, but we've also heard that Daniel Talia hasn't been particularly happy, um, and I guess you get that with players that feel that they've got a bit left in the tank. Uh, it's not even yep. this, not even in the same stratosphere. But I remember when. I started getting dropped from A's playing in amateurs and, you know, the whole youth policy. I, I wasn't particularly happy about it either, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so you kind of... I get where they're coming from, um, but you're absolutely right, Peter, that we did from a long way back. I, I think before Walshie came on board, we identified, mm. um, you know, a fragility. Just, and we, something, just something wasn't quite right. Yeah, and, and, you know, there were games that, you know, and you were very good at pointing out games that um, that were pivotal, that we should have won, that we didn't. And uh, that was a consistent theme all the way through to the 27 grand, 2017 grand final. And, um, you know, it's nothing against the individual's concerned, but there was just something about the group that just lent itself to a bit of fragility, whereas... I think I said this to you one or two podcasts ago. I don't get that sense out of this group, Pete. I just get a sense of steeliness and determination and willingness to work and willingness to play for each other. And I think a lot of that has got to go back to the way that Nix has handled himself as a coach and how he's been able to bring the mm. group together and give them a common purpose. And, you know, by all reports, it's a selfless uh, team culture down there now and uh, you're playing for each other. And I kind of like that. I do, and and we and we see we see stories coming out of um, the Melbourne Football Club over the weekend. Like the first thing that Petraka did was to put his North Smith away. Yeah, he wasn't interested because that set him apart from the rest of the group, which he yep. didn't want. And you had um, now which player was it? Was it Harms? There was a player who went to in the last 15, 10 minutes. He wanted to. He wanted. He asked the coach if he could sub off. So yeah, the medical sub could get a cramping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they said, and so, "Oh, we can't take yeah, you off for that." <laughs> it's just little things. They're just little things, aren't they? But yeah. they they give you a window into what a team you know, culture is, and uh, I absolutely agree. And we had this conversation last week about you know with, with Alistair Clarks and you know, being around the place, and yeah. I, I would absolutely be reappointing Matthew Nix. Um, and I would be doing it sooner rather than later, Bane, because the, the, that is going to be a circus next year, about midway through the year, when Clarko decides to put his head up over the paraffin. That is going to be a circus, and any coach who is out of contract is going to be in the gun, as far as the media is concerned. And you'd, 
do not want that distraction. It's a really good point you make, Peter, and I 100% agree with you um, that we need to take the pressure off Nick's as soon as possible. I, I think he needs to uh, to show that the teams continue to move forward in the first, you know, half a dozen games of the season. But I wouldn't be hanging around if you know if things are continuing to move positively and the group's gelling and everything's working well. Then absolutely lock him in, get him out of the spotlight because you know who's going to be in the gun in this town. It's going to be Ken yep. Hinkley that's in be, the gun. Yeah, it's going to be Hinkley. Yep. And let them deal with it. I don't want, you know, I don't want our team to be going through that hoo-ha um, unless, you know, and I, I hope this isn't the case, but if, if the board have made a decision that they're going to, you know, chase after Clarko, well, I suppose then, you know, that's what happens. But I think that if they're thinking that Nix is the one to take him forward, then get it done, get him, get him signed up sooner rather than later, and then just remove the circus from our club. Yeah. And, you know, Al Clarkson's proven himself to be a good coach, clearly. Um, but he hasn't been one to take on a group of young men. Um, mm. You know, he got uh, he got the benefit of a couple of good drafts and made the most of it, and, you know, they had some ridiculously good talent there uh, during their halcyon days, but, uh, you know, he had a propensity to, to top up after that, uh, not dissimilar to what Geelong have been doing, and he had a bit more success than Geelong, but uh, I, I'm 100%... On, on Nick's and uh, I look forward to Port tearing themselves apart, trying to uh, get Kenny out the door so that uh, Al can get in. And I reckon it'll be Kenny to the Geelong Clarkson to uh, to um, uh, Port Adelaide and uh, Chris Scott, mm. Chris Scott probably to Carlton because I'd be Jude new coach by about round fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> they absolutely will. Yeah, so they now, listen, absolutely I, will. I heard, uh, I was listening to, I don't know why, uh, but I was listening to Trade Radio on the way home this afternoon, um, and Matty Randall, who sounded like he'd had about two cases of beer. Um, he sounded like H.G. Nelson. Did you, did you hear he it? He sounded like, yeah, I heard it. He sounded like H.G. It was an absolute dead ringer for H.G. Nelson. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's a good comparison, actually. Uh, but by G, he was bullish on the Crows, and I've got to say, oh, yeah. Peter... I've got to say, Peter, and he missed a few. He didn't spend, like, he was uh, going through the, the regulars, but he missed a couple. Uh, Lucky Glenn in particular, I, I feel like he missed, but very bullish on the Crows. And I've got to say, Peter, you mentioned earlier that we've been trying to be positive on this cast this year. It's not difficult because no. the young talent is there. Uh, we've got another draft to go through, which we'll talk about in a minute, in a, in a trade period. But the young talent is there. Um, we're not that far off, um, and as he rightly pointed out, and we've said before, in terms of playing the kids, you've got to get 50 games into them as quickly as possible. For some of these yeah. lads now, it's going into the third season for them, and uh, I expect a bit of a push. Uh, absolutely. No, no question about that, and you're right. It's easy to um, be positive. Even as you know, as critical thinkers, it, yeah. it can be absolutely positive when you when you're seeing um, you're seeing good things off the field, and you're seeing all the right noises, the right moves, the, you know, yeah. and you know even even like you know the bomb thing fell through, which I was you know a bit annoyed at, but you know at least we had a crack, and we're trying to get the right people into football club. We're you know we're um, divesting ourselves of all these other silly operations. 
that um, aren't football. Yep. And we're getting a really good group, you know, and we're, we're starting to, you know, we're recruiting. You know, the Dawson thing is a huge thing. Yeah, massive. You know, to recruit a player to the football club, that's massive. Um, and, you know, we, we're looking like the last couple of drafts look like, you know, we've, we've hit pretty well. Yep. And we've had 23 players sign on this year. Yeah. 23. That's an, that's, a, that's an amazing number. Well, no one's wanted to leave. You, the, you know, when was the last season that we've buy-in. had that no one's wanted to leave, Pete? Yep, massive Beautiful. buy-in from uh, from from all of the from all of the uh, all the players, and so that's yep. and and the other and the other good thing that we've done is is that you know we're saying to players, look, you know, he, here's what we can afford to pay you because we're going out, and we, you know, we're we're really trying to build a list here. So we're saying to guys like Matt Crouch, well, you can we'll, we'll give you a contract. It's on our terms, not yours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and if you don't, and if you don't like it, if you're already part of this, then you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, and so and you're saying all these really, really good things, and I and I like Matt Crouch. Like you know, as you well know, I mm-hmm. think there's a place for him in our, in our side, but yeah. on our terms. Yeah, in the twos. <laughs> 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 Sorry. So you know, it's no, it's fine, and so you know, you, you can, you're right, you can, you can be really positive with the way. That it's looking and 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 you can start to see the pieces falling into place on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So um, look, uh, just touching on a, another little piece of news, and I really don't want to go on about it, but uh, again, uh, something that we were all over a couple of years ago, Peter, has uh, been put to bed from a legal perspective, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, Safe Work SA finding uh, no case. Um, against the crows with regards to the camp, and 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 again, I, I think this was a really really good um, process for the club to have gone through because they yeah. can now properly close the book and they can't be criticised. They can't be. It just it, just, it shuts down the media. Yep. Um, it shut it shuts down um, approaches from ex players, and so you know it's that's been a really good. Um, legal process to have gone through um the interesting one that i think may be still to play out will be i I have a feeling that collective minds themselves might still have some defamation stuff going on with the with the media in victoria i've got a funny feeling that they were looking at that well someone mentioned caro i actually thought it was sam mcclure um Mm. might be both um they they didn't nab us because everything that I said was straight off straight up truth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make any assumptions. I I, I went and I, all that we said is uh, is uh, was stuff that I I got off uh, various websites and research. It's all so open source, man. That's all it. open source, and and look, we um, but you know, back when it happened, we we picked it to pieces, didn't we? Yeah. Oh yeah. And um. But you know, I'm pleased now that that the club has has gone through that process, and so as supporters, we can and members, we can also we can all be happy that you know our, our you know, everything um, from a compliance point of view is on point, um, and um, it it wasn't great. We, you know, we don't have to go into the nitty gritty of it, but I think that just it just gives us a little bit of protection and some comfort going forward. Yeah, well, and the beauty of the whole situation is it's a full stop from a legal standpoint, and as you said, probably from a media standpoint after after probably a a parting shot from the regulars. 
Um, but the other good thing is that essentially everyone involved in that decision, um, barring Mark Rusciuto, is including 99% of the players, probably only Sloney, Smith and one or two others, uh, it's all gone. The, the remnants yeah. of that is all gone. For better or worse, it's all gone. And so, you know, it, I like the way the club addressed it. I like the fact that they made a statement and left it at that. I've actually really enjoyed the statements that the club's been making. The, the statement on Dawson was great. Like three mm-hmm. lines and that's it. You know, not buying into anything. Um, so, yeah, good that that's uh, put to bed pretty much. And we can move on from Absolutely. that sorry tale. Which, uh, I'll just ask you quickly before we move on to other things. Uh, what do you think quickly of the GF? It was an extraordinary game, wasn't it? Mm. It's the most, I reckon it was one of the most bizarre games of football I've seen. And, you know, when you think that the just just prior to the avalanche, the Bulldogs went eight goals to one. Yeah. And, yeah. and, then, and then from eight goals to one, it swung around to 16 goals to one the other way. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, the, the whole thing was, was really quite bizarre. And I think it just showed, there was a couple of things I thought that were interesting. It, it showed that maybe that, you know, um, the re-emergence of the importance of Ruckman. You know, yes. And, and have, we under, have, we, have we underestimated that with the 666? Um, and the fact that you know you see that with with good with good ruck work out of the centre, good clearance work, that you know with six 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 and a good midfield, then you know you you know you can kick you know three goals in forty seconds. Yeah, um, um which is bizarre. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of said a similar thing on Sunday night, but I will temper it by saying that uh, yes, Daniel Jackson got on top of the Bulldogs, and they didn't seem to have a plan for the number two ruckman. The way they set up in the midfield in that period was horrific, Bulldogs, um, not protecting the backside of the of the contest and just allowing Melbourne to run through. So, um, but I do I, I think I made the point to Mac on Sunday that um, teams have won grand finals or flags with average ruckman, but no one's ever won a flag with a bad ruckman, have they? No. So, uh, and I think having two of the quality of Gorn and Jackson, I mean, Jackson was an absolute find for them. And, yep. uh, you yep. know, they, he cost them a bit, cost them a bit, but uh, that that kid's going to be anything over the next 10 years. Yeah, he is. He, um, he's going to be uh, absolutely brilliant. It was interesting. Interesting, though, with, you know, the last few games for us, when we, with, um, with our rucks, with our rucks set up, I was just thinking, you know, in that situation, who do you think, in, if, if we were in that grand final situation, who do you think is better at uh, in at that that right contest out of Strachan and sorry Strawn and um, and O'Brien? I, I I go for Strawn. I really do. I'm a, I'm a well, big fan. Well, you want a guy that can put the ball to hand, don't you? Um, you yeah. know, Riley O'Brien is fairly in, indiscriminate with his hitouts. Uh, Kieran showed himself to be able to uh, work the ball a little bit better um, and put it to advantage. So uh, absolutely, someone like Strawn in that situation. One hundred percent. So yeah, no. Look, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the grand final. I thought it was a great spectacle, even though it was a blowout. In the end, it was enjoyable footy yeah, to watch, good. wasn't it? It was a really, really good game of football. And yeah, you know, it was a shame that it ended up being seventy-four points. It just didn't feel like that, did it? No, it didn't. Well, it happened so quickly. I mean, it, 
it felt like it was going to be about you know either level or a goal of difference at three quarter time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was just it was amazing that how Melbourne just just blew that within about and then you know and sort of like a minute either side of three quarter time the game was gone. It was yeah, dead. yeah. It was, three it was, goals in fifty seconds. Unbelievable. Well, eight eight minutes to go in the third quarter and and Bulldogs are nineteen points up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just strange, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, two very attacking teams um, uh, and uh, massive momentum shifts. Uh, I just felt like, um, and again, sorry for repeating myself for those who listened on Sunday night, but I I feel like the Bulldogs are always running on emotion a little bit more than other teams and uh, they certainly dropped their bundle when Melbourne just steamrolled them either side of three-quarter time and uh, they had nothing left in the tank, I don't think. No, that's right. And, um, you know, they paid tribute to Burgess after the game to, to that, that run that yeah. they still had in their legs. So, um, but no, I, I enjoyed the game and I thought that the, the doggies were a little bit unlucky to be, you know, the, you look at that in, in the years to come, you look at that scorecard and it won't tell the, the story of the game. Um, so it, it, just, it was just amazing that, and they kicked. And when they had that period of dominance, they kicked so accurately too. Wasn't it sixteen goals four or something? Yeah, they didn't miss. Didn't miss. They just, they just didn't miss. And, um, so yeah, they're, they're incredibly impressive. Uh, Petrarca was obviously impressive. Um, the lad across halfback, what's his name? The left foot, I can't think. Salem. He was really uh, Christian good. Salem. He was very was good. Yes, I agree. He was um he was underrated. Gus Brasher on a wing. Yeah. Fritch up forward. Oh. Rachel was great. It was just lots yeah. of them, wasn't there? Yeah. The big guys were great. So it was a really complete team performance. Yeah. Uh, and I reckon they'll be up and about for a few years, you know. Um, you can't predict a dynasty, but I think they've got the the uh, nucleus of a really good team that uh, isn't going to fall away in a hurry. So we're going to be talking about Melbourne for the next few years in dispatches, I think. <sighs> yeah, they had eight. Would they have about eight players that were, um, I think, in their other second year or something like that? Second or first year? Something like like eight that. players something under twenty one or something, or under twenty three or something like that. Yeah. yeah, something silly. Yeah, um, they they just had that. It's funny. It was almost like that. You know, Goody thought, nah, we haven't, we're not quite there. We just need to tank one more year. So let's just t- we'll tank twenty nineteen. <laughs> they just yeah. nailed. Yeah, Jack, Pickett, and Rivers. You know. All three of those kids played yeah. on Saturday night, and so they just, um, yeah, they just nailed that draft, and that just goes to show, you know, you nail that draft makes a big difference. Yeah, yes, it does, and that's a very nice little segue into uh, some trade and draft discussions, Peter. Now, of course, you know, Indeed. talked about Geordie last week, and that's all going to happen hopefully, and the Swans will uh, uh, play nice with us. Um, little bit of talk around uh, during the trade period. A, a couple of notable um, delistings. One in particular that pricked my ears up was, and someone mentioned in the chat just now, um, the uh, Charlie Cameron's uh, brother has been cut by Western Australia. Seems to have all the attributes, it his, but... Um, it was on his request, as yeah. I understand it. it yeah. And so I think that there is some issues at, at play there in terms of I think that he has some injuries. I think he has some um, some other issues. Yeah. And so, yeah, not quite sure where that sits. So I, I wouldn't think he would be somebody that's on our radar. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, the lad from the Bulldogs, Lipinski, has nominated Collingwood, so he's off the yep. table. Um, who else was there? Uh, uh, Charles Gunner, Gold Coast. Uh, there was one other I was thinking of. Oh, Finlayson yeah. to um, potentially to Port Adelaide, coming to South Australia for family reasons. Yep, and yep, Tim O'Brien, Finlayson, they're all, they're in the frame to Port, and also uh, Laddams, they're shopping, aren't they? Yeah, well, Laddams are shopping, shopping around, with... which is interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, but no, I, I wouldn't expect us to to be too busy in trade period. In terms of players, Peter, I think our interest might be in picks. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that's where the action's going to be for us and what we're going to do with that um, pick four. So some interesting... So there was a little bit of um, little bit of news reported through the week that it, um, us and Richmond are in the, in the race for that Gold Coast pick three. Yeah. And that's an interesting little bit of information in itself if we treat it for what it is and say that you know there's obviously a significant would be a significant reason for us wanting to shell out some capital just to go one further pick mm, mm. So, so it's going to be really really interesting um everyone plays things pretty close to their chest prior to the trade period obviously but particularly yeah. from the players camps so it's probably so i mean if you're if you're a kid like finn callahan who is a known you know he's a classic Big Metro, um, private school, yeah. um, family relations with Luke Beveridge, mad Western Bulldog supporter. He'd be the last kid you'd, you'd want to draft. Yeah. Based upon all of that. So, but Is Jack who knows what's going on <laughs> It sounds like it, doesn't it? Now, he would be just sitting there um, trembling and almost in tears looking at that draft order at the moment, saying GWS, Gold Coast, Adelaide at two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about the father sons. So no, they're out of, the, out of the discussion. He's talking the discussion. open draft. Yeah. So, it, but I guess you have to wait until that draft order is finalised after trade week because that's when you know. Don't be. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know if once that draft order is you know, if it stays the same, then that's when kids like Callahan are probably going to start. You know. I wouldn't be surprised if you start hearing a bit more, bit firmer kind of yeah. press releases put out or tidbits put out about you know um, trying to you know either put teams off or do the Archie Perkins or the Bailey yeah. Smith yeah. thing. And I mean, I've heard whispers around the place about Jason Horn and about the fact that he hasn't interviewed particularly well in that regard. He's another one. You know, that's another one where they could just be sitting and waiting what the draft order is going to be. So. I guess I wonder whether, you know, if we're looking at going to pick three, do we know something? Do we, you know, do we know GWS um, looking at most of the draft watchers, particularly those that, are, um, that follow GWS more closely, are really, really hot on a tall or a key position player? Yeah. Um, so so whether whether Josh Gibkus is a player that they would reach for at two as a key defender, I, reckon I probably they do. doubt. I reckon they do, Peter. Because do how, many, they do? how many midfielders do you need? They've got they've got about twenty of them, and they've they've really lost a fair bit of um, key position strength, in my opinion. I, yeah, I reckon they they are a candidate to either reach uh, for Gibbicus at two, or to split number two, and yeah, and get Gibbicus 
Gibkiss, you know, in, at Richmond's spot, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. And if, you know, if, if Horn and Callahan kind of interview in such a, such a way, then, you know, I mean, is there a possibility that North end up taking Callahan and Horn slips down to three? Do, do we know about that? Is that something, do Richmond know that? And so is this the reason why we're looking at, you know, getting three and, and our Gold Coast saying, well, okay, you know, if you, if you guys want this, and let's just, look, let's just speculate. Yeah. Um, you know, is Gold Coast going to say, look, this is, a, this is a real chance for us to really, you know, shake the tree and get someone, pre- get something pretty good. Yeah. Um, because they don't want Pat Callahan or Horn for the same reasons, because if, you know, if they haven't interviewed well or if there's, you know, there's any, any sort of flavour to, to that. So, you know, do they, you know, would they look at it maybe a pick four plus a Himmelberg who's from Queensland? Would they be inquiring after Ben Keys? Who's, um, who's a Queenslander? I'm not saying, you know, but if, if you're at it, so this is one I'll throw at you. Hmm. If Adelaide have got wind, if Adelaide have got wind that GWS are looking for a tall, that North Melbourne are concerned at the go home factor of Horn, that Callahan maybe is the preferred pick at one, and maybe he suits their midfield better. I, and if Gold Coast say, well, look, we would take pick, pick four plus keys. Are you doing that to get Horn? Uh, are you doing that for the chance to get Horn? Because nothing's guaranteed until you read out his name. Benny Keyes is, have... is a big they... one to give up for a chance. That absolutely, he is, and I don't, I'm not sure. So you have to, you know, for them to. All I'm, I guess, what I'm saying is that for them, if 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 they're saying right, we want to trade up to pick three. Yeah. It's a bit of an odd thing, isn't it, to say we actually, you know, you just want to go for, you know, one one spot up. Yeah, yeah. So then, so I would, so what I'm suggesting is that they might, they they would only do that if they know something. May oh, I talk? If 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 they were prepared to chuck Ben Keys into that uh, into that uh, transaction, something's definitely afoot. I wouldn't mind betting that uh, uh, four and Himmelberg for three. Might be That's something. what I prefer. Yeah, because uh, they need they need these. Yeah, yeah. I would much prefer that. I was get, I guess I was just throwing both of the queens. Oh, definitely. List yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Gold Coast would prefer. I, I mean, I would think that they that Himmelberg would be a great foil for Ben King. It would take a lot of physical pressure off of him. Yeah, um, just the same as we've been talking about him taking the taking the heat for uh, Riley as he develops too. Yeah, same role. Absolutely right. And same role. And I don't think they've got someone to play that role. Mm. No, that's right. No. And so Elliot could be one that they, they might want to, you know, prize away. Um, and, and, and that does suit their, their need for an experienced key position player. Mm. And, and someone who I think could, could potentially add a lot of value to Gold Coast. But I don't think, you know, I don't think anything like saying, well, how about how about pick four and our 2022 first is going to have any appeal at all to no, Gold Coast? I don't um, think they want they picks. Just, they're just continually going for picks, yeah. And it's a roundabout for them. And I think that I think that there would be some appeal to if you if you had an, an Elliot uh, who's a Queenslander yeah. who's coming home who they knew that would stay long term and could fill a really really valuable role for them. Yeah. 
Well, the other thing, right. the other interesting thing, Peter, is that uh, the AFL have allowed Gold Coast this year to trade their concession pick. Yeah. So the, yep. the first one they had a couple of years ago, they weren't allowed to move it, they had to use it. But this year they're allowed to use pick 19. Um, and that suggests to me that the, uh, the Gold Coast have gone to them and say, hey, look, you know, this could help us make the moves that we need to make. We need to be flexible with it. And the AFL have gone, yeah, of course. Yep. So that adds a little funny one. Look, I'll put something else to you. Um, let's swap. Let's swap Callahan and Horn Francis for a minute. Let's say Finn was the South Aussie, and Jason was the Victorian, mm. and it's widely accepted that Jason is the better player overall than Finn Callahan. Say both are available to the Crows at the next draft pick. Do you take the local lad, or do you take the better Victorian lad? That's a really, really good question. And my my gut feeling, Fiend, um, is is uh, without them actually having announced it, I do I do feel as though that we've gone in that direction of being prepared to take, you know, or wanting to take the South Australian player. I think well, I'm thinking really... more from the Victorian point of view, though. If you're North Melbourne. Oh, sorry, got, uh, you, if you're North Melbourne, sorry. No, no, well, I, I mean, I'm trying to apply in reverse. So if you're North Melbourne and you've got yeah. Jason Horton, the South Aussie, who's a slightly better player than Finn Callahan, who's a Victorian, are you making the same sort of choice as you would if the roles were reversed? You know, we would probably take the South Aussie kid. I agree with you. Yeah. Would, would, would a Victorian team, particularly a, a team like North Melbourne, who can't really afford flight risks in their current stage of their development... Would they more be inclined to take the Victorian lad, who's maybe just slightly not as good as the uh, gilt edge number one? Oh, I think they might, because I, I think that there's a look. I think there's a lot of extraneous factors now that that weren't there two or three years ago with the pandemic and yeah. the way state borders yes. are. Because you know, before 100%. you could, if you get drafted in the state, oh, it doesn't matter because you can fly home, you know, every week or you know whatever. Now. Um, you might not see your family for six months. Yeah, that's and right. So that, that that becomes a big thing, and I'm sure that that's influenced you know guys like Dawson and like, you know that um, that want to be traded home, and so that that could be a thing. And I, but I also think that Callahan probably fits North Melbourne's midfield a little bit better. Quite possibly. Just in terms of the players that they've drafted over the last few years, they've got. I think those aggressive inside players. Yeah. Um, and so I think that Callahan probably fits their list need a little bit better as well. Yeah. So I wouldn't be, you know, I think that I think it's quite, you know, it's not impossible. But I just think, you know, if we're to believe, and you know, it's all media reporting, isn't it? But if we are to believe that we're in the market for pick three, there's got to be a reason for that. Yeah. Because because and that and the reason why that I say that is because. The way that the draft is, is that you've really got a top two. You know, we're almost getting back to sort of like that, um, that Raoul Anderson. Raoul Anderson, you've yeah. Got, you've got that very, very clear top two. And then once you're getting into three, then you're getting into Ben Hobbs, you know, Joe, you mm. know Ward, a few other kids that you, you, know, you can throw a blanket over. So why yeah. are we wanting to go for three? Because we're really, you know, to get to get someone at three, you're probably going to get you know a similar kind of player at four. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Um, you reckon GWS had cut our lunch under those circumstances? Would they be fixated on uh, getting a tool? They'd just take the best available talent. Because let's face yeah, it, Jason will play round one. I think that if they, I think if they, I think that they would just say, "Look, if if Horns there were taking him, yeah, I don't think that that would be an issue." But I think that they I, equally, I'd say, "Look, I think I think that they they'd say, you know, that we're we're you know we're we're looking at drafting such and such, because as much as we think that it's all you know um, ducks and drakes and you know secret squirrels, the yeah. reality is, is they all know, yeah, they all know we. They all know the order. That's why, you know, for instance, in you know, 2019, we trade back for McAfee. Do we know he's going to be there? Yeah. How do we know that? Because they talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I just and... think that I, I... Sorry, go on. I know I was going to say, I find, it, I find it strange that we would be in the market for pick three. Yeah, well, and I guess it's, it's speculation to a degree. I mean, there's been some scuttlebutt about it. it it's widely accepted that Gold Coast... Well, Gold Coast have come out and said that they're willing to... Uh, talk deals on pick three um, for certain scenarios. Mm. We've obviously been mentioned in dispatches because we're around there. Uh, you know, the the club is obviously silent and fair enough too. So it, all, it is all speculation. Look, I think at the end of the day, um, Jason goes to North and that's the end of it. But, you know, that that's yeah. the logical outcome, um, which then begs, begs the question, Peter, um, if GWS then went for a tall at two, do we take the punt on Callahan? Ah, now that is the question. Do we take the punt on Callahan? That's a very, very, very interesting question. It's a very, very good player. Um, I think you know you you would just have to um, you know back. You'd have to back Hamish on how he interviews. And what their what their feel is for his capacity to, to you know to move into state and to read that situation and whether he's a flight risk. You know, I mean, and, and, oh, sorry, I'm on. I'm leading to something <laughs> because yes, if, you're not, if you're not if you're not going to take Callahan, then you may as well cash out, in my opinion. Absolutely right. You might as well split those picks. Yes. And get yourself with plenty of other, you know, good talent around. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure whether you want to spend a pick four on a Ben Hobbs or a Josh Ward, who, whilst you know, decent players, um, they're not in that elite category. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it will depend very much on how Callahan presents himself to uh, non-Victorian clubs. Um, you know, mm. everyone's talking about his background and all the rest of it, um, and it poses a risk. Um, but he's not the first player to have connections uh, that have found, you know, homes at non-Victorian clubs and made made successes of it. The problem, I guess, I've got, yeah, or the right. issue that I've got, is, oh, pardon me, I've got the hiccups, which is very untimely, <laughs> um, is the fact that we are loaded up with South Australian kids. And he might be a little bit friendless. I mean, no one wants to be friends with Nebuk Henry, for God's sakes. He's about the only Victorian <laughs> youngster we got, isn't he? Well, we haven't got a lot of them. No. And, and I think that we have, I think we have been on this path. Yeah, I'm sorry, um, Ned, by the way. So, yeah, maybe Fisher Mackesee, but that's probably about it. But, I, you know, I just, I think that we've, we have gone down this path of, mm. and, and 
And I think that we, and I've said this before, I think that you, you underestimate when there's only, you know, four or five picks the difference, you know, are you getting that much of a better player that counteracts the fact that the player that goes later is a kid that is a South Australian yeah, he has played. He's probably played with four or five of your teammates, you know, from under fourteens, under fifteens, under sixteens. Yeah, yeah. They're, all, they're all good mates. He'll come yeah. in. He'll play a role. He'll be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you're talking the difference between, you know, say pick nine and pick fifteen, yeah. is there yes. really that much of a difference? You're singing from my hymn book, Peter, because that's that's the logical progression that I'm seeing. You know, uh, if we trade up, then there's a sniffer horn. If we don't trade up and we hold, um, then it's then Callahan has uh, interviewed well. But if yeah. we all of a sudden start sniffing around for a pick, for a pick swap, um, it means that the one and two scenarios hasn't played out, and I would back the club then to um, you know talk to a Richmond at seven and. 13 or whatever they've got, 7 and 16. Um, you know, talk to one or two of these other clubs. There's not a lot of clubs that have uh, first-round currency. There's a few clubs that are out of the first round completely. Um, but I, I would be exploring options. And then you're getting into your Matty Roberts and your Arlo Drapers and these types. And, uh, you know, even further down the draft, there's a couple of young kids that, you know, might take a little bit longer to come on, but uh, certainly got some ability. We've only got... We're only going to have three picks. We might only even have two picks if we decide to upgrade a rookie. Um, yeah, I think the know. real uh, the real the real bolter is going to be um, Naziah Wanganee Malira. Yeah, he he is really firming as a bolter. He was again really impressive on Saturday in the under nineteen game against Western Australia, and yeah, should have been. I, I thought was again our best player as he was the other week, but they gave it to Blano Lachlan, which I didn't agree with at all, but yeah. my, that was my opinion. I think, you know, 22 positions is great, but if you get, you know, 12 of them from, you know, running running out kickouts, yeah. I don't know, I just don't rate that myself. But Nazire um, is, have you seen him? Yeah, will he get up to the first round, do you think? Because he's come from a fair way I back. He'll get in the first round. You absolutely get in the first round. Yeah. yeah. No question about that. On his performances in the state games, he has just um, blossomed and, you know, some really nice performances at league level as well. Yeah. Um, he is a player that the game just slows down around him. I reckon I would love to see him on our list because he's got a, he's got a really, really nice mix of um, being that really, um, really smooth moving outside wing. Mm -hmm. type player but i saw an interesting stat the other day that um so far this season for the bays he's you know 46 percent of his possessions have been won at the contest yeah, yeah so that's so, so i think his contested game is really undersold yeah um and what i what i really love about if you if anyone wants to go and have a look at nazai's vision just just watch the way he gets back in defense so he's a real yeah. true wingman he gets right he's like an ed langdon in the sense he'll get right yeah. back to that defensive goal well, that that first uh, game that uh, that first wa game a few weeks ago i actually thought he was playing back i thought he was playing half back yeah so he does get back and um and he delivers the ball anyway so he's one to look at Alo draper of course will be around the mark i think that um Matty i Roberts really hope we're drifting a little bit Arlo. 
Yeah, I really hope we pick Arlo up. I, I like what I see. He might take a little while to develop physically, but he's got some tricks, that kid, I reckon. Yeah, so um, uh, Matty Roberts is drifting a bit. I think that I don't think that's his fault. Um, no. So I think he'll still be a very, very good pickup for anybody, but he looks like he's starting to drift out towards, you know, that maybe somewhere between 15 and 25. Yeah, late, late teens, um, early 20s, yeah. And I, I don't think that's just fault. because I mean, people... They, I, his, I think Matty's weapons are underrated. Yeah, they absolutely um, are. Like he, he looks a little vanilla and he looks like a bit of a loper and he is a little bit one pace. He's not ultra quick, but he's not slow either. But I, I think he will surprise at AFL level. I think I think whoever ends up with Matty Roberts will get a damn good player um, and yeah. a bit of a bargain at, at late first round, early second round, really. How tall is who there? We're talking about, um, sorry, J&M. He said to me, how tall is he, Pete? I'm not quite sure which, which player we're talking about. Um, Miller or um, Wanganeen, I think. Oh, so he's like about 188. So he's 188, 189. So he's a really nice size, really, really nice size. Yeah. I love him. Uh, but, yeah, Matt has been, uh, as I've, we've had that discussion, he's really, he had that nasty injury to his ankle. Yeah. He's come back. He's been played completely out of position at South Adelaide League level. Yeah, um, but still not not disgracing himself. He didn't but, look you know. too bad last week. I tell you, and we'll oh, no, I won't say that just yet. We'll finish off with that. Um, but he didn't yeah. look too bad people, in, people in the forget. game last week. People forget that when he was playing in his own age group in the position that he should be playing in, he was annihilating. Yes, yeah, he was. He, he was. was. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. But yes, yeah, so I think you're right. We need to. There's either going to be that push for one of those top two. Or I think that if we can, if we can't get one of those top two, then I think we'll just we'll split our picks. I'd be very surprised if we went to the draft with pick four and didn't pick Callahan if he was available. I'd be very surprised because yeah. that's the only reason I think you you keep pick four in this draft. Anyway, I um, think I honestly think honestly think that if, I think Matty Nix is I think he's 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 so bullish about his squad at the moment. I reckon he would just say to Hamish, "You just pick the best player mm-hmm. and you give me you give him two years with me." Yeah, that's yeah, probably a fair call. Probably a fair call. Mm. Yeah, well, very interesting, and we'll look into it in more depth uh, as the uh, as next week comes about. Of course, uh, I think uh, we were talking dates last week, and I think trade period starts next week, doesn't it, I think? Or next week, yep. Un- unrestricted delistes or whatever the hell it is now. I can't keep up, but we'll, uh, we'll keep covering it. Um, just looking at the time, Pete. Uh, just right. very quickly, um, Bryce Gibbs and the lad's name I've forgotten. Joint Cetus. McGarry, Cetus. yes. Joint. Cetus. Now, there's never been a bad player that's won the McGarry medal. But I have mm. to say, I watched Bryce Gibbs in that match on the weekend at uh, Glenelg South, and it was the softest, squibbiest game of football from a AFL hardened player in a knockout final that I have ever seen. Yeah, Bryce yeah it was ordinary. It was just it wasn't the ordinary doesn't cut it, mate. He squibbed mm. and he tanked out the back and he kicked around the body and I was shocked when he won that McGarry. I really was. Yeah. Yeah, it goes up a Cog finals football, even at you know at Sandford level, and he just wasn't. I don't, I didn't think he was much in any of the South games that I saw at finals level. 
No, I, I, I was watching it thinking, geez, you know, if I was young uh, Samson or Jason Horn or Matty Roberts or uh, that other, was it Schultz or Schultz, the other South Adelaide lad, and I saw some of the efforts that Bryce would be putting in, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, you look at a kid like Jason and what he put in to win that game and, and just that competitiveness. Um, yeah, just a different – and, look, let's be frank, it's, you know, that really hard-edged competitiveness is not something that Bryce would be known for throughout his career. No, he probably had two seasons at Carlton when he was playing off half-back where he seemed to harden up a bit. Um, mm. And that was, I guess, what everyone was kind of hoping he'd bring over here. But, no, nah, it was a good performance for him. But, you know, he's a McGarry medalist and we're not, so what the hell do we know? Um, exactly. Uh, but congratulations to both of them. Um, just quickly, uh, that young lad, Samson, for um, South, how old is he? Yep. How old is he? Yeah. Did you see? I'm not sure, actually. I think he's early 20s, maybe 22, 21, 22. Yeah, good mature age pick, I reckon. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of his dad. Clay, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think he's, you yeah, know, that... that his kick reminds me a lot of his dad's as well. It's good saying exactly he's 19. Kick, I wonder if he's, he's, 19, uh, is wonder if he's nominated. I thought he played really well in that game. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, Peter, just to round out, because, uh, oh, we've got uh, Arab wants to have a quick say. You got, if you need to go, Pete, yeah. then... Uh... No, that's fine. We'll have a chat. I mean, Arab child... And if anyone else wants to have a quick chat, now's the time to do it. How you going, mate? Hey, mate. How you going? Good. What can we do for you? That's the most sense that anyone said on this podcast tonight. Peter, are you there? I can't hear a word that Arab child is saying. No, I, can't Arab saying so. I can't I can't so, either. I'm sure he's making a lot of sense, but unfortunately we can't hear him. <laughs> Sorry, mate. You had this trouble the other night. I'm going to have to kick you out. Um, if there's anyone else that wants to have a quick chat, uh, don't forget um, we'll be continuing on Tuesday night, Peter, and uh, without your permission, I've invited my cohorts on Sunday night to uh, to come in one at a time. I think Macca might be joining us next Tuesday. Oh. Uh, I haven't had a chat with Macca for ages. It'd be good to catch up with Macca. That's right. It'll be a bit of an old school three way. Um, <laughs> no, no crossing swords. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but uh, no, it'll be good. And uh, Mac's been uh, all all over the uh, the machinations of the list and and the the draft and well, all I the like, rest of it. So I like having Macca. I like his. I like having Macca as a resource because I just cannot get my head around all the list number <laughs> yeah, stuff. Right. So. I'm going to leave that to Macca. I was stupid enough to bloody question him a couple of weeks ago. Didn't I look like a dickhead as a result? That was stupid. <laughs> what, what was I thinking? Yeah. No, it'd be good to chat to Macca. All right. So, uh, yeah, no Sunday wrap uh, this week and for the rest of the season, of course, but Tuesday next week we will be back and we will probably have a bit to talk about in terms of trade week. And we might do a little bit of a list. Uh, we might start a bit of a list, uh, like a depth chart discussion, Peter. So just yep. have a little bit of a think about where we sit in in each of the three key areas or four key areas, I guess, uh, and we might uh, 
we might break that out depending on how much other stuff we've got to talk about. In the meantime, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, thanks to all those on Discord. Um, and thanks to everyone, of course, who supports us through Patreon. If you want to do that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast and uh, get amongst that. Um, really good support during the year, Peter, as you and I were chatting about earlier this evening on, on Twitter. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so we appreciate it. So anyway, very good. Thanks, Peter, for your time Cheers, as usual. Thanks, no everyone, on chat, and we'll see you next Tuesday night. Good night. Thanks, everyone. Cheers now. Thank you.